0: Hello, and welcome to the Persephone program number 14, I believe, and the advent of Scorpio season. I talked in my last podcast about the full moons, the full moon in Aries, um, some intense news for me, meaning that um, my mother has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, which is a very sort of scorpionic theme right now, very Plutonian, you know, Pluto being the modern ruler of Scorpio, Mars was the traditional ruler. And the energy of Scorpio contains definitely both of those two energies. Um, Mars being a strong force, Pluto being that force of the kind of transformational, you know, death and rebirth cycle. So Scorpio definitely embodies that as an archetype. And I'm going to be doing a very exciting Understanding Astrology 101 class, which will begin in a week, I think a week from today. Or so six days and um, so if you haven't signed up and it's something that you're interested in we're going to go over all of the archetypes of the signs the planets how to put it all together um, and all of that so Scorpio um, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about just a little bit later about mercury um, because Uh, Next week on Halloween, Mercury does go retrograde in Scorpio. So this entire episode, I want to be about Scorpio and the themes of Scorpio and obviously Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. But first I want to lay out some potential misconceptions on Mercury retrograde, uh, which my friend Ryan reminded me that we should talk about, which is that um, again, like reminding you guys I have been observing astrology basically my entire life and my observance with Mercury retrograde is that it often it certainly isn't as bad as uh, as we as everyone like makes it out to be and it often doesn't have any you know um, outward manifestation of its, Symbolic power. So essentially, remember all the retrogrades are really optical illusions. Mercury moves very fast, and obviously, you know, it's the closest planet to the sun and it's, you know, it's moving all the time. And about three or four times a year, every year, it um, in its orbit around the sun appears to stand still because it kind of catches up to the Earth's orbit, if that makes sense. And so it appears to be retrograde. Now, as we don't really know how astrology works completely, we know that it does work. We can see the correspondences, the synchronicities. But whether it is a symbolic message or an aspect or a, you know, synchronicity or correspondence to our consciousness and life on earth, whether it affects us because it has an energetic force, we don't really know. So I want to mention that um, you know, all one can do when we look at something like astrology is to be open to the correspondence of the energy. Does that make sense? So you are looking at the energy, you're looking at Mercury retrograde, and you're just staying open and remembering never to project fear or any other type of, uh, you know, negative connotation on the, you know, the situation. So anyway, that being said, I'm reading all this, you know, scary, like, Mercury and retrograde and Scorpio. Everybody needs to, you know, batten up the hatches and, you know, don't go out. Uh, It's just not true. (laughs) It's just completely not true. I do find from observance that when we have the situation of a retrograde planet, that it internalizes or it stops the strong outward manifestation of its qualities, So I would invite you to just pay attention. And I wanna also mention a little bit about Mercury's mythology and its symbolic energy. So Mercury slash Hermes, which is the Greek name for Mercury, and remember the Romans, um, what did the Romans do the Greeks? I think it's called cultural appropriation. the Romans culturally appropriated uh, Greek culture, uh, philosophy, liter I mean, everything about it, and certainly their they're gods. And when they absorbed uh, their civilization, took it over, they appropriated quite a bit of it, which, as my mother said, is how my mother's always said, you know, when I've told her about so much of the outcry of cultural appropriation in our current culture and you know mythos she's like well isn't that how how culture has always uh grown is through appropriating and taking and embodying and integrating different cultures into one and then it creates this soup this cultural soup now that has nothing to do with you know taking someone's culture medicine you know power and then you know, making money off of it. That is a separate piece. And of course that we, one never wants that, you know, and unfortunately it does happen a lot. The plagiarizing, you know, of, of wisdom and then using it for your own. But anyway, that's a whole separate thing. So anyway, we're talking specifically about Mercury. So Mercury Hermes was the god of communication, travel, crossroads he was considered to be a trickster and in astrology Mercury represents the mind now it represents the connections that we make within the mind it represents how we think how we communicate in general um, and so what's interesting about Mercury retrograde in Scorpio is that Mercury as a god Mercury Hermes was the only god in the pantheon, you know, of the Romano-Greek group that our astrological, you know, planets and points are named after. He was the only one that was allowed to move freely into the underworld and out. So he was a god who escorted people into the underworld. And Scorpio's entire kind of energetic force, specifically around the Plutonic aspect of Scorpio, is about the underworld. Um, So Mercury in retrograde in Scorpio, I think, in an interesting way, is probably one of the most appropriate Mercury retrogrades. If you think about it from a mythological standpoint, Mercury was able to move freely, to escort the individual souls and gods and humans into the underworld and other than Hades and Persephone could he was the only one allowed to move freely without any consequences so I think it'll be interesting looking at this Mercury retrograde in Scorpio and understanding that Mercury retrograde is about you know is about looking Within It is making communications and connections within your own consciousness and working on your interior self and investigating and doing anything having to do with the REs, retreating, reviewing, revising, resting, you know, a necessary component. So if you are involved in the communication arts or even travel travel for retreat or review is always very um, much sort of supported during a retrograde period and it being in Scorpio which is the sign the very first sign of kind of it, it rules the the metaphysical and mental quadrant of the zodiac the third quadrant and the principle is That of the unseen, the Chthonian principle, okay? So it's all about kind of veiled content, and it does represent symbolically, Scorpio, the season. So remember also that all of the signs of the zodiac have qualities that represent the actual season in the northern hemisphere in which they reside. So Scorpio being really the beginning of the turn uh, of nature to the unseen, the invisible, that is the trees lose their leaves, the roots dig deep into the earth, basically pulling up energy from the earth or conserving it. Symbolically, it represents our need to retreat, our need to also investigate the the truth, you know, of life, which is that it is, it also contains death. It also contains that kind of transformation. Okay, so the element of um, of Scorpio is water, which is again a very transformative water. And water is so amazing. Um, I want to mention that I was recently, re- I just finished. I may have mentioned this in the last one, but. I just finished You Are the Universe, took me a long time, Um, but it's a very weighty book. But they were talking about transformation and water. And the H2O molecule, okay? You've heard of H2O equals water, right? The H2O molecule contains within itself, without actually like transforming or changing, it contains within itself emergent states. Okay, meaning that water can change, right? But it's contained within it. It doesn't fully change within the H2O molecule molecule are emergent states. Those emergent states, as you may know, liquid, solid, air or evaporation. So contained within the quality of Scorpio is the archetype of transformation as well as the archetype of what we call the birth and death cycle. So it's really interesting that it is obviously water um, and that the polarity is female, meaning receptive. Um, The sign for Scorpio is eight, which, um, you know, if you turn eight on its side, it is the number for infinity. Again, sort of focusing more on the transformative aspect of Scorpio. Um, And it's really about like, You know, Scorpio is kind of like sometimes about that intensity of having kind of a a death experience, you know, or going to hell and back, so to speak, you know, hell being Hades, Hades being the underworld. And so many people that have a strong Scorpionic tendency or even people during a Scorpio season, which contains... Samhain, Halloween, uh, they focus a lot on intense experiences within their life. It may not be that they have actual experiences of many people around them passing away, but sometimes they do. But no matter what, they go through time periods in their life where they have to create, I'm going to say crisis experiences, but it's also like death experiences within their life, meaning that they can cut off people they can they they need to create these death experiences for them to feel the full sort of emergent states within life Scorpio is very much concerned with that like the intensity and depth of the truth of life which is that it contains I'm going to say emergent states and one of those emergent states is death and so many people are scared of death and um And they're scared of what we consider to be the underworld, the underground realm, the things that are invisible, Um, intensity, you know. Uh, I also want to mention like Hades and Mars too. So, you know, prior to the discovery of Pluto, astrologically, Scorpio was associated with the sign Mars similarly to Aries and there's an aspect to Scorpios and that Scorpionic energy that will always act out and specifically around creating again intense experiences so remember that Hades myth centers on really on his abduction of his niece Prosperina Core and subsequent Marriage to her, turning her into the Queen of the Dead, Persephone, and Persephone's story, which is a dis, you know abduction, loss of innocence, descent into the underworld, and then her actual like crowning, the coronation of her, and her her transformation, the transformative state of her from innocent maiden to. Wife, you know, sexualized being, and then queen of the dead, the darkness is, is another really core aspect of, of Scorpio. And it contains within it the, ele- the energy of Mars, which is action and, and anger and assertiveness and, and high sexuality with Pluto which is the descent into the underworld, the invisible things, the things that are uh, that are pushed away from the solar consciousness, the exterior world that are pushed within. That's why Scorpio also has rulership over taboo and sexuality and elimination too. Within medical astrology, Scorpio rules both the, or has rulership over both the sexual organs and some of the organs of the eliminate of elimination such as the colon, represents eliminating things. Again, sort of tying back to the idea uh, that Scorpio has a need to process through elimination, i.e sometimes cutting cutting people and things off, you know. Um, but it does that in order to psychologically regenerate itself. So if you're a Scorpio or you know Scorpios, you have a less strong Scorpio and you find yourself kind like psychically needing to regenerate yourself by doing stuff like, you know, going off Facebook periodically or retreating or, you know, setting up some boundaries with people or sometimes even cutting people off or, you know, make creating changes. Um, It's actually within the context of the archetype that you need to do that. Like for me, I have Neptune in Scorpio and Scorpio rules the cusp of my 11th house, which is my community, my friends. um, And I've always been very attracted to Scorpio people. And I know I've shared that with a lot of other people too. And to the time of year, I love it. It's, you know, my literal favorite time of year. Like Halloween is... My big holiday. I just I love. I'm fascinated by it, and honestly, Day of the Dead, Dia, Dia de las Muertos, um, All Souls' Day. I love doing ancestral work for my ancestors that have passed on, and I create altars. I'm just really, you know, actually fairly obsessed Scorpionic with that. And within my community, I love hanging out with those Scorpio people. But one of the things that I often find too is that within my community of friends, that I will have deaths within that community. And it's not that I haven't had the same friends. I have had friends for many, many, many years. I have friends that I've been friends with since I was 12 years old, but I also have moved through groups and those groups have kind of like died, cyclically died. And I think that happens for people that move in general, but it has happened specifically for me. Um, So, you know, that's kind of part of the key words of Scorpio and so Scorpio is like about regeneration and transformation and depth and intensity and it rules the the occult world and I want to mention also that Hades and the underworld and Scorpio represents wealth and often it is through a descent into the underworld mythologically Hades rep- ruled over all of the jewels of the interior of the earth, the gemstones, the gold, the silver, all of the things that human beings really value, okay? Like, think about what, you know, what has motivated man throughout time, you know, other than, you know, the sexuality and, and, um, and survival It has been amassing wealth. And if you look at it symbolically, that wealth comes from the interior of the earth. And then from a a philosophical standpoint, pulling back and looking at it symbolically um, and psychologically, this also is the interior riches and pearls that can be found through a descent into the underworld, through a descent into looking at the mystery and depth and darkness of your own life. So there is value in that. And you see that through the myths of Hades and Persephone. Persephone was hailed as an incredible queen. And there are so many myths. And I encourage you to look at her as a... Um, you know she was a guide for for everyone to cross the the river of pain into the afterlife to be able to look at one's life and the choices that we have made and to accept them and understand that life is cyclical and transformative and we will all die and be transformed Persephone was the queen of that So even though she had this, terrible you know mythology of being abducted and raped and taken down from the sun and playing in the the meadows and picking flowers she also gained her sovereignty through her descent into the underworld and then became the elegant queen of it so you can look at her as a goddess to guide you into the darkness even if it is simply just the dark of this time of year or the darkness within your life Her good friend and one of my sovereign deities, Hecate, who is the goddess, the keeper of the keys to unlocking the mysteries of the underworld, as well as the torchbearer, she guided Persephone. So both Persephone and Hecate can be guides right now for you, just as deities, as can Hades, too, through this time period, this dark time period where we have a really strong you know, Pluto Saturn conjunction in Capricorn—that is affecting all of us. It's it's very intense and um, coming to its culmination in January. But this Scorpio um, energy is is really powerful. Obviously, right now, um, we've got this new moon coming up. It's on Sunday, and so if you can and you are so called to, this is a wonderful time to do a ritual around the themes of Scorpio. And it is going to be prior to the actual Mercury retrograde, but we're still in what they call the shadow period, which honestly, come on, you know, it's like two weeks before, two weeks after. Yeah. Eh. Okay, here's here's my take on it. I have like traveled for business on, on Mercury retrogrades. I have Done many, many things. I wouldn't, if I could, sign a business contract during Mercury retrograde. I try and do it prior. Um, it's okay for you to sign, to do things that, like, if it's someone that's come from the past. So, say, for instance, you were offered a job from someone that you knew or worked with in the past, and you started that job during retro- Mercury retrograde. This is a kind of a revisit to a current, you know, an, an old or a rekindling of an old relationship. So, you know, it's really not that bad. But you will find many things being sort of reviewed and coming up to be revisited during a Mercury retrograde. So I wouldn't worry about that. But I wouldn't personally start or launch a new business, either at Retrograde or in the Shadow. I wouldn't sign a contract, a brand new contract. I would wait. Uh, And I have found that to be fairly safe. I don't want to completely dismiss Mercury retrograde at all, but I think this is actually going to be a great time. So at the new moon, I would suggest you do a a review of where you are at right now and do an internal work review. So write out a list of the things that you have found that you would like to manifest in the next 30 days with Scorpio around the themes of interior work, okay? So it's very, there's a huge focus on interior work, meditation, um, beginning to sort of like write out how you want to manifest your, you know, exterior work in the world over the course of I would say the next year because although this is a 28 to 30 you know day approximately or it's a 28 day experience from the new moon to the next new moon Scorpio time period in the wheel of the year is where it's necessary for you to go in word and to review where you've gone throughout this year and to see if it sits in alignment with what you want to manifest throughout the next year, specifically springtime of next year. So Scorpio's polarity is Taurus. So around the Taurus time period, where do you want to be? Scorpio, let's go within and find out. It's a great time for scrying. So that is with looking within uh, a reflective Source, it can be water or a mirror, and allowing your emergent state of intuition to show you visions of where your soul wants to go. It's a great time to do any kind of inner work, any kind of contemplative work. Divination is fantastic at this time. Get your, give yourself a tarot reading, um, give yourself a reading from a professional and figure out where you're at right now and write some interior goals for yourself Um, it's an incredible work to do ancestral healing to contact uh you know our ancestors and the invisible entities and our invisible family those are the types of things that i'm going to be doing um and really because it's around uh or close to Mercury retrograde, I'm going to be looking at how I have been thinking and using my mind and communication and reviewing that and sort of kind of deciding how I want to move forward in 2020. I've had a very interesting and intense year filled with transformations, endings and deaths, literal and symbolic. Um, And I want to look at also the shadow side of of my own life and see how I am interacting with that. I'm also going to do a guided meditation, um, to visit Hecate and Persephone in the underworld and see what they have to say to me. And I may make that, um, public. I may do a, uh, a sound and just give you that guided meditation so that you can do it yourself because, um, you know, guided meditations are really powerful because your own inner, Guidance, you know, will come up and give you so many, you know, clues as to what's next for you. It's incredible. Um, So it's a time to go inward. It's a time to go into the underworld. It's a time of regeneration. It isn't a very active time right now. So it is the dying time of the year. So allow yourself to go within. This is a, the time is like a door to transformation. In one of the pivotal religious exercises of the greco roman world is the something called the Eleusinian Mysteries, which were really about illuminating um, and recreating. We believe because this is a secret, secret uh, initiation, but we believe it was about illuminating and recreating the um, the Prosperina to Persephone, the core to Persephone um, myth, and then also Demeter, her mother's, uh, what, what happened to her afterwards, which is that Demeter was like the mother goddess, and she represented like Mother Nature. And in her, tre- you know, tremendous grief, rage, and sorrow, she cut off all life on Earth while Persephone was abducted. And in the underworld prior to... Um, their marriage and their negotiation. Actually, it was Hermes or Mercury who went into the underworld with the truce, so to speak, or the negotiation and treaty uh, that Zeus had made with Hades about allowing Persephone to come up and out of the underworld for six months of the year. And that, they say, represented the seasons and the six, appro- appro- like approximately that certain time of year where You know, life wasn't um, abundant and growing in the same way. So the Eleusian mysteries like underscored the illuminations stemming from darkness, the necessity of darkness, because Persephone is really about renewal. Remember, she was able to actually turn mortals into gods. Okay, so... It's really interesting. Um, Persephone has so many different like associations, but one of them is the Sphinx. And I think that uh, Scorpio also is associated with Lilith, with um, the, the idea of the devil or the dark side or the shadow. But it really is um, about, you know, sort of understanding that we each within the context of our life have to go within we have to have these experiences of going within ourselves of going within the depth and darkness of the world and through all of that we can gain an immense serenity it becomes for all of us no one escapes it no one escapes death no one escapes some pain and loss and sorrow no one escapes a state transforming from a state of innocence into, you know, a, a deeper state. Whether through, you know, uh, sexual initiation or initiation into the understanding that there are, you know, there are there is darkness in this world. So that's a little bit about about Scorpio. A little bit about um, the Mercury. I'm going to write about the New Moon in Scorpio. But it is at 1.42 p.m. on Sunday the 27th. What is it? I'm sorry. No, 1.20. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. What time is it? I'm so lame. I'm sorry. It's 8.30. 8.35 p.m. Sunday night. and So before that is great. So Sunday night is great. You can even do a ritual on Monday. Do some interior review, write out some goals that you have, both for this time period uh, and also for the year, Um, do some divination, do some journeying, shamanic journeying, guided meditation, and log that into your journal and see where you go, see what messages you get. This is going to be an immense year 2020, and this is a time where you can really get some clues as to what is going to happen for you, as well as what you, where you want to take it, where you want to take this transformation. Remember, change is necessary. The new moon is also in exact opposition to Uranus and Taurus. Exactly. So there's a really strong Uranian um, theme to this, that like change is necessary and It's inevitable. Things that are coming up now that may be surprising, don't dig your heels in. Contemplate the idea that we are all in this wheel. The wheel is always turning. It is the wheel of life. The seasons are turning. Your life is turning. Change is inevitable. We must trust how we can contemplate the best ways to navigate our way through is by going within listening to our still small voice our guides, the invisible whisperings that tell us how to be how to integrate the darkness, whether it's our own depression and sadness, the loss of people whatever it may be. It is a necessary part of this this mission that we call human life. So thanks for listening. As always, I feel like this is so freaking self-indulgent, but I also am completely uh, motivated to share it with you. So thank you for listening. Welcome to Scorpio season and happy new moon for all of you, even in the face of... The turning of the wheel and the loss and the sadness and the inevitability of living with it, we can hold the torch high of understanding and trust. And I'm here for you. Let me know if you guys need a reading or. Just some. I also do astro coaching and um, that is where I'm available for you over the course of a series of months to help you learn personally, to guide you as a guide through your own uh, journey of awareness um, or what have you. Have an incredible day.